whenever my world falls apart I never lose hope or lose heart Whatever the form of the storm that may brew Not with you to lean on, darlings, you with Hello and welcome to The Original Cast, a podcast about original cast albums and the people who love them. I'm Patrick Flynn, playwright, filmmaker, and professor of communications at American University. When Paul Scanlon was here to discuss Merrily We Roll Along, we talked a lot of Sondheim, and not all of it made it into the final episode. So I'm happy to present it here, now, on Stephen Sondheim's birthday. Happy birthday, Steve. We join the conversation already in progress. But we were t- You just said something about David Loud. Yeah. Um, so you, so when you did, we did simply Sondheim and Signature, and he was our music director. It was oh, okay. essentially his. It was essentially David Loud's favorite Sondheim songs. There was not really a plot to it, <laughs> um, but which is fine because he has sure. great taste in Sondheim. He really songs. does. Um, he got great and, taste in music. Period. Yeah. David Loud is a. Uh, for those of you who don't know, he's a music director and a ranger uh, in, on Broadway. He's, um, but he was an actor and started. He's on the cover. He's in the Hirschfeld drawing. He's the one with the. Uh, he played. Teddy is the character's name. He has, he's the one with the swirly eyes, the Hirschfeld signature <laughs> swirly eyes, with his hands out in piano format. And he plays the accompanist in Merrily. And then he went on to do music direction for Ragtime, and he's in Curtains. He's the music director in Curtains, mm-hmm. which is an actual role in the show. Uh, and he, I met him doing, um, he did a, along with Stafford Arima and Chris Catelli, uh, a Kern review called "The Land Where the Good Songs mm. Go," which he workshop they workshop the three of them at Catholic, and I was assistant director oh, wow. for that. It was like 2003, and there's a cast recording, a concept album version that you can buy, two disc set, which is and the Kern songs are all great, but they're all David's arrangements. He did oh, all nice. the new arrangements for it, and they're absolutely gorgeous songs. Anyway, that's a tangent for that. Um, but yeah, he's a great, fun, oh yeah, warm, welcoming human being. Well, we we also uh, had. For some songs, I don't think it was for everything. Uh, we had Jonathan Tunick do original orchestrations for some oh, songs, and uh, one of them was I got to do uh, finishing the hat with a brand because he didn't orchestrate the original. No, Sunday he in the didn't. Park. I know. So he orchestrated oh, a wow. finishing the hat, and I sang it. Um, and I mean, when we were in rehearsal, it was he was mostly obviously working with the orchestra, sixteen pieces. Yeah, and he was working with them, and we just kind of got to watch. And then I remember, I don't know if it was before or after, simply Sondheim the. Um, I think it was after the Sondheim Gala that year that honored Jonathan Tunick. Mm-hmm. And I remember, I, I remember I went up to him, and I, I was so nervous. And I went up, and I said, uh, you know, I, I love the orchestrations to the original Merrily. I, it's like some of my the, my absolute most favorite music. And he, he said, uh, said, well, I've written some new ones because I think he did the York ones too. Mm-hmm. And uh, and he said, well, I've written some new ones since then. And uh, I didn't know what to say because I was like, <laughs> you know, I wasn't going to say I didn't like him as much, but I was like, right. oh, but okay. And I think I just like walked away. I don't yeah. know what happened That's after that. Hard, but man. Yeah, it was tough. It's hard like, talking to people. Shot you... down immediately. Well, but it's also, I don't know. Do you have, I mean, how much musical training do you have? Can you, could you oh. hang in a conversation with music about with Not with Jonathan, Jonathan Tunick. Tunic. Yeah, see, no. that's the thing. Yeah. You're talking to I know. Somebody. What was I expecting? I just, I really just want to be like, you know, you, that, that. That score. You write pretty. <laughs> yeah. Thank you. Yeah. Thank well, it's you, like right. it's like what could you say to Sondheim that nobody's that somebody hasn't said to him? Well, that's the... I, that's I'm I pray I never meet him just oh because I would be I would I I would just melt. There'd be nothing I could say. Well, you you'd have to see the thing I always want is I want to meet those people, but I want to meet them in a setting 
where I've done something. Yes. So like if Sondheim came to see you, let's just say when you when you played the boatman and and at uh, Signature doing Sunday, mm-hmm. then at least you have something to talk about. Right. You have like you have a frame of reference where like okay you've seen me act and I'm doing this and that's great. When you but if you meet these people just in the world, yeah. It's it yeah it's the worst yeah because you can't not say something of course then but then you're like, like what am I gonna say what am I gonna say that he, he's gonna remember me having said the this? answer is nothing nothing the answer is I, I mean he's Stephen Sondheim the, he has heard everything the, the, the sooner ever you just when you meet somebody my, my thing I always say to people is like when you meet somebody famous just know they're not gonna remember right and it's fine yeah it's totally I gotta take fine. that into consideration next you time do. I saw Christopher Maloney in a uh, in a Chipotle in Virginia. Oh, from wow. SVU, yeah, and yeah, I, yeah. my legs were cracking. I, I was felt like I was gonna throw up. Oh my gosh! Um, and all I said to him, I said to him, I was like, gathered my courage, made sure I had all my food so I could stay in Chipotle for as I could just say my what I had to say right. and get out. And I just said, uh, "Hey man, I love your work." And he goes, and he looks at me, he's like, "Thanks, brother." I was like, "Okay," and I just left. Oh man, well, that's great. Yeah. That's all you. Yeah. That's all and you I was, need. You know, yeah, you said your thing. Trenched you in said sweat. Thank you. And yeah. You just and you did what he wanted you to do, which was we'll leave. leave. Which is like, okay, good. <laughs> that's a normal person. Well, well, I get it because I'm like, I'm like, you know, I've, I, you have, as an actor in town, you have people come up and say not really nice things to you, and I can't imagine what it's like to have been on Law and Order SVU for ten years, you right? Know, and have and have people and have come people up to come you. Up to you. Yeah, it's just it's 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 I I can't yeah I mean I've met when I lived in L A I would you'd meet famous people around just all the time, but I like meeting people. If you have a good eye for for like people who've done stuff but mm-hmm. aren't famous in quotation marks, you can really you can talk to some interesting people. I met mm-hmm. Austin Pendleton that way at uh, in Union Station. Why do I know that name? Austin Pendleton was. Um, He's a playwright and an actor. You'd know him most famously for God, what's his like biggest part. Um, he was the public defender in My Cousin Vinny. That's the thing that like everybody I've talked to knew him from. But he's also he's in films like What's Up Doc. He's in the Muppet movie. Um, he's uh, he was in I think this last season of Difficult People. If I showed you his picture, you'd, I'd you'd, probably, yeah. you would recognize him. Short Circuit, uh, his voice in Finding Nemo. Uh, he's yeah, he's he's a. But I met him in Union Station freshman year of college. He was just there. In D.C.? In D.C. He was just in, I don't know why he was in town. And uh, this is kind of pre, like, Google being everywhere, so I couldn't, like, quickly look up what he was doing there. Um, and I just said hi to him and rat- rattled off a few of his credits, you know, to be like, I know who you are. And I, like, I really know who you are. Like, I've seen this and that and this. And he was clearly like, oh, this is fun. Like, I don't, this is, doesn't happen to me ever. And we yeah. talked. It was in Johnny Rockets at Union Station. I'll never forget it. And so that's cool. Like, meeting people who are... Those are the people you want to meet. You right. want to meet, like, learn what I've said this before. Yeah. Learn what the writers look like. Like, learn these people <laughs> never get stopped, and they will be, they'll be happy to chat to you for like sure. three minutes, and then, you know, you just, you and move you on. You go on with your you day. You move on. You have to leave. You yeah. have to leave. Yeah, exactly. Right. Because then, even at some point, they're like, okay, like, come on. Right, please. Right. Because they don't know you. I mean, right. it's just like, just imagine that if like a stranger came up and said, like, when you're on, if I always think of it as being like, if you're on public transit and like someone just came up and started talking to you. Like, would you like that? Right. <laughs> would you like where you can't leave and you can't move? You'd like, be yeah. flattered for like a for like, like a minute, a little bit. Yeah. yeah. I was like, oh, this is neat. And then like, there's I, a point where it's go like, back to so where are you going? Browsing like, Reddit. It's like, oh, I don't like this anymore. Yeah. It's a yeah. No, but I don't know what I'd say to Stephen Sondheim. Joss Wheaton tells a great story about having met Sondheim and making some comment like he said he loved signing the park with George because Act One was about how hard it is to be a genius and act two is about how hard it is when you're not a genius. 
Mm. And Sontime went, oh, I never thought about it before. And Wheaton's like, and then I left. He's like, I was done, dropped, oh and I gosh. walked away. He's like, that's never going to get any better than that. Oh, my gosh. I'm there done. was something yeah. that uh, Clay Elder – Clay Elder is actually good friends with Stephen Sondheim, who was our George in mm-hmm. Sun in the Park. And he, well, he has a great story about how um, he had to – I think a sublet fell through one time when he was – before he was, like, full-time in New York. Um, and uh, he called Stephen Sondheim. And and he offered him like a room in his in his uh, brownstone. Right. And uh, it was like all the way upstairs or whatever. And so he goes in the room and it's sometimes trophy room, which, as you can imagine, is just <laughs> filled with every single prize and award. And so I think Clay has a picture of like lying on a bed with a Tony with right. one of sometimes Tony. I'm sure. Awards. Well, he has several, so you yeah, can, yeah, he'll yeah. spare one or two. But there was there was that saying of of the first act is is. Um, it's something to do with, you know, uh, nobody understands George or something like that. Nobody yeah. understands him. And then the second act, he doesn't understand it. Yeah. I don't know what it was, but right. it was something profound. And obviously I'm screwing it up. But right. um, but that makes a lot of sense. It's Yeah. It's, I've always, that, and that has colored the way I watch that show. That was mm-hmm. like, oh, that crystallizes something for me. Of like, oh, that's what I'm, I'm hanging on to. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, it's an amazing show. But we're not talking about that right. show. Right. We're talking about Merrily We Roll. Right. The show you wrote right that's, before that's the that. danger of talking about Sondheim. You just, it is a d- oh god gosh, yeah it's go a on tip. and on and on. Yeah, when we when my brother was here and we did uh, anyone can whistle, we didn't get off on too many tangents, but mainly because anyone can whistle is so incongruous. Like it's right. figuring it out <laughs> took a lot of time, right. <laughs> and we dug kind of deep, and it it still we I think we barely scratched the surface with that show. Um, it is funny though that show and this show, his his shows that are play with form that he does. Mm-hmm. Seem to be less successful than his ones that don't. I'm trying to. I'm forming this thought as I'm thinking, but like anyone can whistle, fiddles with the very form of theater in a, in several moments, and this one does too, as it does. It runs backwards. I was going to say that his more traditional shows are more successful, but like Company obviously screws with form to a certain extent, but not as much as as this does. Right. Company just doesn't have a plot, right? And and kind of runs in a non-linear. But non-specifically non-linear, non-linear way. I think that statement's even wrong. Who knows what's going to be successful? Right. It's, yeah. <laughs> it doesn't. I have to. Yeah, I like this book. I, I and which I have to say, because it is. This is the same team that brought us company. This is Harold Prince, yeah. George Firth, yeah. and Stephen Sondheim. And I really. And this is. This could be. It's a tangent, but it's worth taking. I'm not a huge fan of the book of company. I gotta say. I, I think that Peter, uh, Peter Sagal, host of Wait, Wait, Don't Tell Me, once said that company is has the highest ratio for score quality to book quality. He thinks the book is so bad, as bad as the mm. score is good. And I don't quite go that far. But the, the, the show, the company, the book, feels very, it feels stilted. To me, and I know you've so you've done it. You played Paul, played right? Paul, you yeah. played Paul. Well, that's easy. Yeah. Um, in the in the all married production of Signatures, right? Except, company, for, except for you, myself, and right. Aaron Weaver. Yeah. Right. And mate, was there one other? Oh, and, and Bobby Smith other, and, about, and right. Sandy Bainham. Yeah. Yes, we're not married, but there are the other companies, couples <laughs> yes. are married. Um, so did is is that something you? I mean, you've done both these shows, so you've yeah. done both Firth books. So is yeah. that something you did the book? I guess. I mean, yes. The the. Uh, Paul has one of the better scenes in that. I will oh, that say. scene. Well, th- yeah, yeah, that scene is great, yeah. and it's and and it's mainly, it's mainly. Um, why am I forgetting? Why am I forgetting that character's name? Uh, Amy. Amy. Yes. Thank yeah. you. Gosh, it's mentioned okay. a thousand times. No um, yeah, no, it's all you saying. And, right. <laughs> uh, that scene is is I think really good. Mm-hmm. Um, 
and the stillness of it and and her realization and just what it does to Bobby. And, yeah. You know, God, like, oh, how pathetic is it that he, he proposes to her once Paul leaves? Oh. Um, but that was the end of the show. You know that originally? Was it really? He's supposed to sing... Because you heard the song Thousand, or Multitudes of Amy's. Multitudes of Amy's. It's a gorgeous song. a stadium of Amy's Standing up to cheer Choruses of Amy's Symphonies of Amy's Ringing in my ear I know what it means Hey, hey, I know what it means Oh, I'm I'm ready. I'll say it. Marry me now. That was the finale. Was he was supposed to realize he loves Amy, and he ends up with Amy. Like that was kind of the Jeez. way, way, way original <laughs> ending of this. Like, comp- I don't know that that even made it to a rehearsal, right. but that was like the very original before they decided, I think, to throw the plot out entirely. But so, yeah, that was the end. He was yeah. supposed to end up with Amy. Well, all the good stuff is in the songs. Mm-hmm. Everything that, you know, uh, what did he, who did he, did he talk to Mary Rogers about, you know, marriage and yeah. these relationships and, and, and all that is, I mean, obviously he wasn't writing the book. So Sondheim is, so Sondheim is putting all his stuff in the, in the music, but, all of the meat and the things that they're trying to say are in those songs. Right. Um, so I guess there's not a lot of room left for the book. Well, the to book is intentionally loose. Upon. I mean, I think they were they were experimenting with form. So the scenes kind of, but there's several scenes that just kind of end, or they they stop. They don't end. Right. I mean, they stop. And the big one that I always think of is the pot smoking scene, mm-hmm. which I I've seen that show. I've seen Company like three or four different times, three or four different productions. I directed a production of it in college, and I don't know what that scene is about. Mm. <laughs> I really, really don't know what that scene is supposed to be telling right. me. They're smoking, about, and they, they don't want to— It's David and— uh, Jenny. Jenny. And she's freaking out and having a great time, and then, like, she wants to have more, and then she senses from him that he doesn't want to have more, and then she leaves and, like, tells Bobby to put the pot away— and it's got this very kind of, and David's like, she didn't really enjoy it. She pretended to for, for me. Yeah. And I have to say, watching uh, James and Aaron do that scene at Signature, who are a married couple, that scene was very uncomfortable. <laughs> watching mm. these two married people have this very like tense right. conversation. I was like, oh, God, this is like, they're, I, they're great people. Like, I don't, this, is, this hurts. And then you see the, the karate scene with Evan and Tracy. Right, well, that's great. But oh that's that, that's also them. That's like a right, perfect right. them that's... relationship. <laughs> um, but so it, it it's a funny, it feels kind of... Uh, Unconnected. It feels like we were just, they were really, really playing with this idea of like, what is, what is a musical? What is a plot? Yeah. What, what can we do? Well, especially in, in its vignette form where in that karate scene, then you have, um, you have Sherry's character come in and do a commentary song. Right. Her. She's like On this it, narrator all of a sudden. Yeah. And then, and Bobby's not telling a story. He's just still kind of in the scene. Right. And then that, thing doesn't happen again and yeah it's, it's a really it's I mean, it's so well put together mm-hmm. in in score wise it's just the yeah the moments they don't always land and it really feels like more of an experimental show like a show that they were just kind of throwing it all against the wall yeah and we'll see what sticks and i think that comes out pretty clearly if you watch the 
uh, was it Lincoln Center production with Neil Patrick Harris? The video you can get with like Patty Lapone and I Stephen think Colbert, so. and and uh, yeah, that's a really you really get like this. This book is isn't finished. <laughs> The original cast was recorded at the Media Production Center at American University. Special thanks to Jeffrey Madison, Tom Fish, Imani Mular, and the tireless staff of students who run the front desk. Follow us on Twitter and like us on Facebook at OriginalCastPod. You can follow me, Patrick Flynn, on Twitter at UnknownPenguin. You can email us at OriginalCastPod at gmail.com. We'd love to hear from you. Subscribe to the original cast on iTunes, and while you're there, please give us a comment and a rating so other people can find the show. My thanks to Paul Scanlon for coming down and talking to me. I'm Patrick Flynn, and I can't. I have rehearsal.